Hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. My name is Liv, this is M. M, say hi. What's up? And today we're going to be talking about psychic abilities, which we've already talked about it once or twice before, but we have learned a lot since starting Meta Psychics and we want to bring it back a little bit for everybody so that you can also figure out what your psychic abilities are because everybody has them. Did you know that? Yeah, we did a couple of podcasts where we d- talked about the clairs, but I think this is more so talking about how your clairs go into the way in which you work with things and the way in which you think and how it's different for each person. Mm-hmm. And you guys are also going to be able to play along with us on a game of Psychic Chicken, which is fabulous. But before we start today's episode, I would like to introduce two extremely haunted guests, Nat and Allie from Let's Get Haunted. Yes. Thank you so much for having us on. We're so excited to be here. And if you guys don't know, the Meta Psychics themselves came on our show. And so we're so fucking excited to be here on your show. Wait, are we allowed to curse? Um, before we get into this, I need to tell you guys. So first of all, I'm very sorry about how miserable I was when we filmed uh, or when we recorded the <laughs> Titanic episode for our like podcast that you guys were on. People who don't know, who haven't listened yet, you should come over and listen to the Titanic episode on Let's Get Haunted because Metapsychics was on. But it was a very haunted episode because I literally like I I had to throw up during it. Like I got up. And had to projectile vomit into a uh, a, a recycling oh, bin God. that was not meant to be vomited <laughs> in, and um, yeah, and and then what what I wanted to bring up though is that I think perhaps Liv or maybe it was you M. Honestly, I don't know because I was like just trying to hold my shit together. One of you guys was saying mm-hmm. there was someone standing behind yeah. me that you could see. Do you, can you describe what that person looked like? Because I found out that there was someone who was murdered in that building a hundred feet away from where we were standing and it was a girl and I don't know if she's related or not because I told Kurt the guy that like got us into the podcasting studio and he was like oh that's really strange that they saw someone there like was it this person and and sent me a whole blurb about them. So I don't know. Maybe it was them. Maybe it was connected. Maybe it wasn't. Oh but I like have a picture of um, them. I don't also. know if I remember exactly. But I am seeing a person. Because it's been a couple weeks. But I see this woman with long dark hair that's sort of wavy. And it's like kind of like comes down to here. Oh like my God. the back sort of. She has like fair skin, dark eyes. She has a, this a sort of kind of quirky personality, like kind of reserved, but quirky. This is insane. Okay, wait, let me pull up this thing for you because I don't know if this is her or not, but there's a girl. Let me get, get a picture of her her face. Hold on. Oh, here, here she is. Okay, I'm sending in the group chat. I don't know if this is the girl or not, but she literally has... She's fair skin with dark hair that's sort of like coiffed, waved because she's from the 50s. Why are you freaking oh, me out? Oh, wow. Because I was thinking when you said someone was murdered, it was going to be like recently. Because I was like, no, the girl that we saw, like. That's what I thought. She yeah, looks like she's I from a different time. Yeah. Okay, that's that makes sense. No. Because her eyebrows look like that yeah. too. 
She has more masculine eyebrows. Do you think that was the person you saw or do you think you saw someone else? No, that's who I saw. <laughs> oh my God, that gives me chills. That gives me chills. That is so freaky. So her murder, for those of you guys who don't know, her name is Betty Gale Brown and her body was found at Transylvania University, which was the podcasting studio that I was like podcasting out of when we recorded the episode that we did with Meta Psychics. And she was found strangled to death, they think. So they think that perhaps her mother did it. They're not sure. They She was strangled with her own bra, but there was no sign of, like, sexual assault or anything like that. And so people really have no idea, like, what the motive would have been to kill her. And then they found someone and put him in jail, and, and but he, confe- like, tried to get him to confess to doing it, and so he confessed. And then later when he was in jail, he was like, no, I didn't do it. And, like, none of the evidence added up, and he eventually got out because he had, like, an alibi that was, like, rock solid, and he was somewhere else, and other people knew he was there. So it's a really strange unsolved case, and it's kind of part of, like, the Transylvania University lore. And I don't know, like, maybe you guys are now going to be part of the lore because they're going to be like, well, on this episode, someone was podcasting out of the studio and a psychic saw Betty behind the girl that was podcasting. And I'm using my my very fast Google fingers to just send information in the chat for you guys. I also just want to say, I know I already emailed you guys about this, but I, I want your listeners to know that you guys are the real deal. Nat and I were extremely impressed with all of the different insights you provided about yeah. the Titanic, different passengers on the Titanic, and then now hearing that the person behind Nat seems to be a real person that we could quantify as existing. Yeah. I mean, it's just very impressive. It's crazy. Yeah, we don't normally get pictures, so seeing pictures is always like, oh, I'm actually a medium. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Because I could just tell you, like, what people look like, and I just, like, it goes out of my mind, and I'm like, that's not real. It may validate to you, but once I get pictures of it, I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely very freaky. I don't know. Now I'm focusing on that. (laughs) I don't want to. Everything is fine. (laughs) Maybe we could do an episode later about it. Well, I just thought it would have been, it was just, you know, it freaked me out when I found that out, and I saw these pictures, and I was like... I'm just going to go ahead and tell them about it because I feel like you guys deserve to know. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it, it I don't want to say that it's awesome, though. <laughs> well, it's just and, validating. Yeah, I feel like two people were involved in her murder. There was some girl and then some man that she knew. And oh, wow. I feel like it was like foul play between the two of them. But anyways... That's scary to me that you, like, are you ever, do you, when you have these insights and you're with someone that is, like, not going to be cool with, like, hearing haunted stuff, do you just not say anything? Or have you had situations where, like, you couldn't read the room and freaked people out and then they, like, don't want to see you anymore because they're scared? I usually don't say anything at all, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes... Sometimes your family outs you because this is our job. So my family will be like, oh, my God, my daughter does these things and talks to dead people. And then people will oh, give wow. me looks and I'm like, ah, I don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Like a friend of mine the other day, uh, her mom actually approached me and I've never told her mom that I was a medium. And I've been friends with this girl for literally like 20 years. And uh, she's like, why didn't you ever tell me about this? I'm like, because we used to go to church on Sundays. <laughs> I can't tell you that. Then I ended up reading her mom. She's like, my mom and I are into all of these things. And I was like, wow, well, that's that's cool. So anyways, it was interesting. But 
Thank you for sharing that with us. It freaks me out. I'm not going to sleep tonight. (laughs) But away from us, I want to talk about you guys because Nat and Allie are from Let's Get Haunted. And Let's Get Haunted is the only investigative journalism podcast about shit that may or may not have happened in the first place. Each episode, (laughs) the besties, Nat and Allie, take turns telling a true haunted story with original research and a smart, fresh perspective. Only one host knows the story, so the other host is just along for the spooky ride with the rest of the listeners. LGH covers anything and everything haunted. Ghosts, aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, paranormal, true crime, folklore, and even personal hauntings from the host's own lives. Like that one time Nat crowdfunded an injured possum's femur surgery and returned him to the wild. Or that time Allie hunted down and confronted the thief who stole her credit card by following her transaction history. Let's Get Haunted is 100% independent and each episode is long, so you get to be spooked properly. Listen to Let's Get Haunted anywhere you listen to podcasts and join the Haunted family, aka the Haunties, by following LGH at Let's Get Haunted. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. There we go. Can we talk about the possum for a second? Just like five seconds. Of course. We like literally my computer as I logged in today and got on the Zoom meeting, my computer was like, here's your memories from like however many years (laughs) ago. And it was just a bunch of possums (laughs) like like, uh, from this guy's house that like helped me rehab that possum. It's like a long story, but here's the real short blurb about it. I was driving on the highway in L.A. and I see on the median of the highway up against the guardrail, there's a possum. And as I was going by, I was like, oh, that's sad roadkill. I always get sad about roadkill. and But then it wasn't roadkill because, like, the moment that I thought that, he, like, lifted up his leg and started licking it. And I was like, oh, my God, that thing was alive. And then I was like, I have to go get it because he's he's stuck there, like, on the media. And there's no way he's going to cross across, like, six lanes of traffic and get to the other side safely. And it's 11 a.m. and it's about to be, like, 95 degrees. It was, it was hot, you know? So I go back and I get him thinking like, okay, as soon as I picked him up, I saw he had like a broken femur and I was like, okay, he's going to die. Like he, he, but at least he can die in peace, right? Like I, he can, I can take him to the darkness. So I went and put him in my house, in my bathtub, turned off all the lights and I put some water out him for him and like some fruits and stuff. Because in my mind I was like, he's probably going to die, but I was like, or... He could be my pet forever, you know, forever. forever. But I had work that day. So I was like, OK, let's figure it out. If he like can survive, then we'll figure it out. And eventually I came home from work and he had drank all the water and he had like gone poop and stuff. And he so, yeah, he was ready to go. And he was giving me signs for like three days that he wanted to to live like he was like full energy. He just had a broken femur. And it's hard in California because you have all these exotic animal laws. So, like, no one would take him in. And it was during COVID. So I, like, couldn't get an animal rescue to take him because everyone was full. No one was, like, answering the phone. And he was, like, a baby, too. So it's, like, extra special. Like, there, every instinct in my body was, like, help this animal. So, yeah, I, I've ended up finding through, like, this underground network on Facebook of people who, like, are rehabbing wildlife in California uh, I found a vet who would work with me under the table to get him surgery on his femur. And we put a bar in there and stapled him shut. And he had to go through three weeks of healing. And then he was able to get returned out into the wild again. It was really incredible. And it was like so many different people came together to make this happen. I was like on the phone with this woman from South Carolina who was like telling me she knew someone who like worked in someone. They knew someone. And it was like the underground possum network of California. 
Yeah. That is the most fabulous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, did he have the bar in his leg for the rest of his life, or was it one of the little external ones that they, like, unscrew after the bone fixes? So he has the bar in his leg for the rest of his life. And because it was a weird surgery. It was, like, very experimental because he was a baby, so he's going to grow and normally when they put this bar in on an animal and do surgery on them, they would take it out later after the bones like mended together or, or uh, fused. But because he was a baby, eventually he, the the bar is just still in there. And it's just, uh, yeah, he's somewhere out in the wild now. If he survived this long, he's pretty scrappy and he's got a bar in one of his legs. Little man is a bionic possum. That is so cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's random. Thank you so much for sharing about the possum. Not that I don't care about your transaction history, Allie, though. Oh, that's a crazy story. Is it that's more crazier. crazy? A hundred percent, yeah. Because like mine is just like someone having goodwill and wanting to save something. It's like a normal human emotion. Alyssa, like, was ju- <laughs> I don't know what well, you tell your story because it's literally fucking insane. Um. I'll TLDR it. Let's see. This happened a few years ago now, but essentially it's so think about how good Nat's story just made you feel. And then now do the opposite of that. And that's how my story is going to make you feel. So I work on uh, several farms, people who don't understand agriculture. It's too long to explain, but you rarely, if ever, just work on one piece of land with like one company. You, you move all the time. It's a seasonal industry. So I was driving and the only thing I can figure out is I had to stop and get gas at like six in the morning and I must have just been really tired and not realized and maybe I drove off with the credit card sitting on the bed of my truck and I just didn't notice. And the day's going on and I have transactions. Anytime I use my card, it'll send me an email because I historically am not great at money management and I've found that if I make it email me every time I spend money, then it's like more real to me and I just won't do it as often. So I got a transaction for like $4 sometime that afternoon sent to me from like a random pizza place. And I was thinking that's really weird. Um, you know, did and I my coworker and I, we've worked together for like six years. And so we were going back and forth trying to figure out like, is this an older transaction? Did did I use the card to buy pizza for like employees at work? And then another transaction comes through at a smoke shop. And I was like, all right, well, that's definitely not me because I'm sitting here currently and this is an active transaction at a smoke shop. Uh, So then we went over to the smoke shop and had to have a back and forth with the guy behind the counter trying to get him to show us the surveillance footage. And then he ended up telling us that a lady came in to buy a crack pipe or meth pipe. I don't remember. But whichever one it was, apparently those two things are very different. And I did not know that. And so I was like (laughs) on the phone with my friend who was across the street at a different place where a transaction had come through. Anyway, and so the guy was like, I was like, yeah, you know, the guy is saying that, you know, she bought a fucking crack pipe. And then the guy behind the counter is like, actually, it was a meth pipe. And those are very different things (laughs) and and was like offended by it. And then uh, I saw the the surveillance footage, realized that it was not me, obviously. And then we took that, went over across the street to this place called Lupita's Panaderia in Oxnard. Shout out Lupita. She's a real one. She asked the lady came back in to buy something from Lupita's 
And the uh, Lupita knows me. And she was like, you're not the person whose name is on this card. You know, let me see this card for a second. I just need to see there's like something weird about it. And I need to see the card one more time. So the lady handed her the card. And then right at the culmination of the story, the old, the most satisfying part is as I'm walking through the front door of the panaderia, Lupita has my card in her hand behind the counter. The, the lady who had just bought a crack pipe is, or meth pipe, whatever, is standing <laughs> in the middle of this donut shop. And she's yelling at her like, give me back my fucking credit card. That's my fucking credit card. And I walk through right at that moment with my coworker, with my driver's license in my hand. And I go, you're not Allie, last name, insert last name here. Uh, I am. And then the girl turns and looks at me and just runs, just runs out of there. And she's like, fuck you. I don't even need your credit card. I've got 10 credit cards. She's like holding all of her credit card, all these stolen cards out. And then she just left and I got my credit card back. That is amazing. <laughs> Isn't that insane, though? Like, to me, when you lose your credit card, especially if there's been a transaction on it for $4 at some random pizza place, wouldn't your first instinct be to, to like, close the card? Yeah, to just put it on freeze and then get a new one? <laughs> yeah, but would you ever consider instead to, like, go undercover and and bait the person who stole your card yeah. into giving it back to you in an elaborate <laughs> trap? You, like, mousetrapped them, and that's yeah. fabulous. I would be terrified. I'd be like, what if this person's scary? Oh, she was. Like, I, what if I actually do meet yeah, them? <laughs> she was. But I, my mentality with life is, like, I don't want to die, but if it happens, you know, I'll just come back and I'll haunt the shit out of everyone, you know? What is your zodiac sign? What's your sun sign? Le- She's a yeah, Leo, Leo. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Justice, like, being served is a huge, like, theme in Alyssa's life, though. I feel like it's very, like, that's, like, one of her, like, main things. I don't know, like, what you would even say, like... You know, she that's like that's her thing. Justice, Justice will, will be, served. be served. And there's no need to involve yeah. cops. We can go. We can hunt down <laughs> the meth pipe, uh, you know, panaderia lady and, and we can get our card back. There's no need for authorities. I am the law. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's true. She really is. Yeah. Lots of stories similar to that one of her doing <laughs> things like that. It's very... It's very fun to have a friend like that, that you can hear these stories from. So that <laughs> I think that that's me and Nat in a nutshell, though. Nat is, uh, you know, stopping in the middle of a freeway, jumping across lanes of cars to scoop up a possum who needs a new femur. And then um, I'm, yeah, I'm just on a mission to, to figure out where people are buying crack pipes from, I or guess. Or was it a meth pipe? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll never know. But whatever I had said, it was apparently very offensive. So I... <laughs> I I mean, I don't even know the difference. So I would be like, it's a, a, a thing. Yeah. I like guess. The, the guy was like mad at you for assuming someone who smokes meth might smoke crack. Like, yeah. That's like, I would never I, smoke crack. I smoke I would, meth Yeah, only. I would never sell a crack pipe. <laughs> only meth. That's where I draw the line at my establishment, ma'am. That is hilarious. All right, I'm so glad that you could share those stories because I can't, I can't look why I could listen to all of your podcasts. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be like I know you're a Leo. I did. I listened to like the first four, and then oh, the last perfect. like three. So that's that's. I'm sorry if I'm being creepy. No, not at all. Do you guys like as psychics? Do you think the sun sign thing is bullshit, well, or do you think it's real? 
because you have more astrology stuff it's not just a sun sign it's your full birth chart so your sun sign is actually like kind of like based upon your ego or how you present to everyone else oh interesting i've had like multiple full chart readings or whatever because like people always Mm -hmm. gift them to me for my birthday and things like that it's very exciting (laughs) it's a great gift if you're ever wondering like what should i get this person get a psychic reading for them but Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's some people online who say, like, make me feel stupid. Maybe you guys have a better response to this because you, like, are psychics. But they were like, well, the sun signs, the constellation, the stars have changed, like, since, like, their position in the sky has changed since they wrote the zodiacs, like, whatever thousand years ago. So, like, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense now. I, I disagree, obviously. I feel like I'm very Gemini, but what do I say to those people to make me sound like I'm not dumb? Well, I did research on astrology, <laughs> and they talk about that, uh, that people think that there's like a 13th zodiac sign, but the astrologers back in the day, they literally calculated, like mathematically calculated the angles in the sky in order to get the zodiacs. So it's not like they screwed it up. <laughs> Right. That's good to know. Yeah, okay. because I, I reject the idea that I could be anything other than a Leo as well. I definitely agree with you there, Nat. I So what's something that's strange happened is the last time I got my birth chart done or whatever, the woman told me that if I haven't already had a psychic experience, she, she heard my birth story and she was like, if you haven't already had a psychic experience, you will have one soon. And she was like, I can see it. If you can't see it already, you will soon. And I was like, is this woman just like trying to, I don't know, trying to like make me want to do more oh, for stuff sure. with her? Because but it could also I be real. Be it could also be true. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. that's the perfect segue into what we're doing today with psychic abilities. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So today's podcast is going to be all about how everyone has psychic abilities. And yes, you did hear that right. Everyone has psychic abilities. People ask us as mediums, like, how do we communicate with souls and spiritual beings? And I want to ask you guys, I mean, you're sending me your birth chart, (laughs) and I don't know anything about birth charts. I do. (laughs) You're a Virgo rising. That's fun. I'm a Virgo moon, but uh, a Virgo rising is usually someone that's very analytical, put together, organized. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's That's true. For sure. Yeah, I've never had my chart read, but I know I have the I have the CoStar app. So as you guys were talking, I was like, you know what? Let me just go. Let me give you all the information short of my social security number that you could possibly have about me. And let's <laughs> let's do some analyzing. You would be so amazed how many people like um, my friends, a different friend's mom learned that I was a psychic medium. And immediately upon meeting me, she like shook my hand and she was like, hi, my name's Stacy. I'm a leo virgo sagittarius and my favorite color is purple and this is my birthday in year and i was like thank you <laughs> you're like hey now yeah oh, wow. now what yeah what's your hometown what was your first childhood pet's name um what was your first model vehicle <laughs> yeah did you go to prom were you prom yeah. queen? i don't know but 
But I mean, as somebody who has had readings with people, what do you like? How do you think that mediums and psychics get their information? Do you know anything? And if you don't, that's okay. I know a little bit because my mom gave me a book that was like how to increase your psychic abilities or something. And I read it when I was on the beach after I graduated from college. We went on this like trip or whatever and I had nothing to do. And it was like the perfect beach read. Um, But yeah, I know there's like different. There's different modes, like there's clairaudiences hearing, clairvoyances seeing. I can't remember what the other ones are called. But then I I remember one chapter that like never went away for me. For some reason, this is like a lot of it just went over my head or I don't remember it or whatever. But the one thing that I do remember is they were talking about where to feel like your psychicness. And it was in your solar plexus, which is like this space what is it the space like from your belly button down or something see i mean this could all just be me not remembering or not understanding the material that i read but what i took from it was like if you like get a like a gut feeling or whatever people say like oh i have a gut feeling it's literally that's your psychic power and it's in your solar plexus because that's like one of the places where your psychic power comes from and then the other place it comes from is like your third eye or you can think of like the energy being above your head I don't know. I don't know. You guys are probably going to just explain it. So, yeah, I don't know anything is basically what no, I'm saying. No, and I love the fact <laughs> that Allie just put solar plexus with the biological, like, <laughs> definition of it because that's how Where I think it? about things. It's right here. It says, solar plexus, a collection of two bundles of nerves or ganglion that intertwine and pass each other at a central location in the abdomen. And, yeah. like, your solar... <laughs> no, it's below your oh, belly button. It's where, like... Where, like, the the weird Freudian chakra people are like, it's where your sexual pleasure is. And Ew. the only thing I can think oh, about when you cringe. tell me that is, like, <laughs> <laughs> is like a, uh, a really bad Forrest Gump quote of, like, how do you figure out where your psychic abilities are? You start swinging your hips. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that was really good. You The book that you read, I think, actually was probably pretty cool. It was really cool because it made me think that I could, like, cultivate, like, a superpower if I just worked really hard at it. I don't think you have to work really hard at it. And I also don't think you have to cultivate it as a superpower. It's something that you uh, inherently use now. And you just don't realize it. Oh, interesting. Because it's just something that's normal. But we'll get into it. Yeah, I feel like I look into... Like, I, I don't feel psychic. Like, I don't think I'm psychic. But I think that... The universe is constantly sending me symbols and signs and secrets. And it's like like a secret map, like the Doddleson messages. Like I have some some guardian angel or something like that, whatever you want to call it, a time traveler who's like, fucking don't fuck this shit up or I die like a million years from now. And they're like flying an owl by at the perfect time. And then also making me like uh, pick up a card or something that has like certain numbers on it. I don't know. I see synchronicities in a lot of things. Now, could that just be because I'm mentally ill? Probably. And that's a conversation (laughs) for another podcast. (laughs) But I do I do feel like I like get a sense from nature, specifically nature, like when I'm out in the wilderness or I'm riding horses or I'm working with animals, I feel like that's when I'm like most grounded and most able to connect like all of the the pieces. Can I ask you a weird question? Please, I would love to answer it. Do you (laughs) have a weird thing about mushrooms? I well, wait, 
Yes. What do you mean? Do I have a weird thing about mushrooms? Do you think that I? No, 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 no. no. Do I sound yes. like I've done a lot of mushrooms? No, no, no. Because I have. Not, not like you've <laughs> taken mushrooms, but like, do you like mushrooms? Do you like to look at them? Are they like something that, for whatever reason, like piques your interest and curiosity? It's like your weird thing that you just like for whatever reason. I do. I actually like my planner that I use has this whole thing about like mycology in it. I'm, I'm very interested in it, and like I do gravitate towards things that have mushrooms on them but then I also try not to make it like a huge personality trait because if you listen to the podcast long enough you'll find out that I spent time in jail for having supposedly may or may not have uh, been accused of having mushrooms on my person uh, psychedelic drugs so uh, you know, that's true I do like them but I also not just for their like medicinal purposes I also just think they're cute and they're cool yeah the reason I asked that is because as you were talking about how you feel clairsentiently which is emotionally whether it be physically or like emotionally drawn towards nature and uh things that are natural in the environment like horses and trees things like that I think you have a past life as a fey being associated to mushrooms that's very interesting wow. because as you guys were just talking right now, I was like, yeah, I got I sent you for Mother's Day, Nat, like these chocolates that were shaped yes. like mushrooms. And then when we were decorating her desk in the office that I'm currently at right now, I'm at our studio in Los Angeles. I had bought these little pink mushroom magnets for her desk. And then I was thinking, wow, I wonder yeah. if subconsciously I also associate you with mushrooms, Natalia. Yeah, I think so. And when you sent me that mushroom, the mushroom chocolates for Mother's Day, the the there was like this such beautiful etching on the outside of like mushrooms and stuff. And I kept the empty cardboard box in my pantry oh, so I awesome. can just see it forever. Oh, I because love it's that. So pretty. Yeah. So that's interesting. You know what? Because you guys are psychic, I'm going to believe that. I love thinking that in the past life I was like a sexy fairy that was like into <laughs> mushrooms and not um, I don't know. Not like a, a possum on the side of the highway because I also feel connected to those. <laughs> yeah, well, it would make a lot of sense if you have a past life as a fae being. So like angels deal with like human things and fae deal with things in the natural world. So if you have, I've noticed, a past life as a fae being, you're associated to different sections of nature. Um, some people are tree fairies. Some people are water fairies. Some people are like mushroom fairies, things like that. So anyways... I feel like I'm so this is such news to me because I didn't realize that you could have a past life as an angel or a fairy or something. For some reason, whenever I think of past lives, like I've always just thought of, yeah, I was like a warrior in ancient times or whatever. I never thought there was a possibility to be like a god or something. That's interesting. More of like a metaphysical being than like a person. But all right. So we could talk about this forever. And if you want to, we can make another podcast about fairies. But anyways... (laughs) I appreciate, Nat, your understanding of, like, how you think psychic things come in. Because a lot of times, movies and things will usually portray how souls and spiritual beings communicate with psychics or mediums as it being physically seeing or physically seeing visions or apparitions. Like, emphasis on physical things. So, for example, like, you guys ever watch That's So Raven? Of course. Of course. Yeah. And then her eye, like she sees things in her eye, literally. Other movie people will portray it as like when you just like see human souls, Jay chilling that no one else sees or like jump scares from like demonic looking entities like the grudge girl. However, that's not really how it works all the time. And experiencing paranormal metaphysical things can be a lot less scary and a lot less physical. 
So to understand how psychics and mediums can perceive information from the metaphysical world, we have to first understand how we as living beings perceive our physical world. And that's simply with our five physical senses. So we have see, touch, taste, hear, and smell. These are the senses we use to navigate our physical existence. And the same goes for the spiritual world too, except there's one extra sixth sense, which pun intended. The I think the only thing I I think of when I think of psychic abilities is the two things that intrigue me the most, I guess, because I don't I have not read a book on psychic abilities. I really don't know anything about it. But in the course of our podcast, we've come across two topics that I think might be related to psychic ability. One is called thoughtography, and it's where unintentionally or intentionally you can concentrate on something or think of something so much that you would be able to project that thought from your mind onto like a wall or art. And so we did an episode on that. It took place in Spain. It was called the Belmez Faces, where there was a person living in a house and these weird smudges started appearing on the wall and they looked like faces. And then one of the theories is that the person living there just had some sort of you know, untapped psychic ability that they didn't even know about. And they were themselves projecting those faces onto the wall rather than the house being haunted. And then another one we've talked about a lot is mind matter interaction. We did a whole episode where we interviewed a ex-CIA scientist who worked on, um, have you ever seen like Men Who Stare at Goats, the movie? Okay, the CIA, they were really into trying to figure out how to use the psychic eye as a tool in warfare. And what they discovered was that there are people who can see things they shouldn't be able to um, or know things they shouldn't be able to know, but it's not able to be weaponized. And so they shut down those programs. It was like Project Stargate. But some of those scientists went on to found different organizations that look at these phenomena that occur when people meditate all at the same time in a room, like tons of people meditating in a room can affect random number generators to create patterns. So to make patterns in the chaos. And so those two ideas to me have always been very interesting because I think a lot of the argument against psychic abilities that we hear from skeptics is that there's no science behind it. But really, if you look into these different facets, and I've just mentioned two, there is science behind it. So that would be my only understanding of of psychic abilities. I have to wonder, though, like when they're like, we weren't able to weaponize it or whatever. Is it that they weren't able to weaponize it? Or were the people who were participating just like, I'm not going to fucking help the government kill people with my talent, you know? Like, they could have just been like, yeah, I, like, can't see what you're trying to get me to see. Yeah. This is weird. You know, even though they Yeah, can. it could have been. I mean, and some people, I, I mean, I think maybe you're about to tell us some, uh, like, when I saw the topics you had sent over, I was excited because one of the bullet points you had sent over said, everybody has psychic abilities. And that is, a, is really interesting to me. I don't know much about that either because I have heard that theory that some people think it's like a muscle where some people are born, like Olympians, for example, anybody could train as hard as possible and probably be a pretty good runner. But some people have a genetic advantage or a muscular advantage, like Michael Phelps. He's got these freakishly long arms that nobody else has arms that long, right? And it helps him swim really well. So some people are born with this natural psychic ability, and then other people have to like work that muscle to be able to use their psychic ability. I don't know. Do you guys find that you were just kind of born this way or do you feel like you've had to work at it to get to this point 
Well, your psychic abilities are based upon the way in which you think. So the way in which you process information inside your head is the way in which you use the psychic clairs that Liv was talking about. So there's six psychic clairs. The sixth one, which is claircognizance, is psychic thought. So it's kind of like instinct, assumption. It comes out of nowhere. We all have thoughts. And because we're physical human beings, they get translated through our five physical senses. So that translates to the other five clair or psychic abilities. So if you have like an inner monologue inside your head, like you talk in your head, because not everybody has an inner monologue, you may be clairaudient. You will have the ability to process information mm -hmm. through words. So you're more keen on receiving psychic information by speaking it outwardly. I feel like both of you have clairaudience, which is just that. Oh. But there's also people that can Im like imagine images, and there's people that cannot and ha do not have the ability to do that, and that would translate to clairvoyance, which is more popular, and people understand clairvoyance. So it's kind of how you process information or like how you oh, learn. There's different ways that people learn and process information and that translates to your psychic abilities. Oh, cool. Right. That's actually, that's really cool. Yeah, because that's <laughs> another thing that, that helps people like myself who aren't familiar with psychic abilities. It, it helps me relate to that idea, at least, because everyone knows like kinesthetic learning or learn through video or some people learn better through lecture. And so, yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like we can't let Alyssa develop her psychic <laughs> abilities because she's just going to be too powerful. She's going to be, like, way too powerful. <laughs> You're going to start your own business yeah. just, just stopping credit card fraud. Do you have a healthy yeah. distrust There's literally of the police? nothing she couldn't do. Call me instead. I'll find your credit card. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> With my psychic abilities yeah. and my badass attitude. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah, like the things you were talking about, like when people in a room collectively think about something super, super hard, we actually are going to be releasing a podcast about this specifically, and it's called Thought Forms. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Like the rake is a thought form, supposedly. Interesting. I don't know what the rake is, but that sounds It was like a creepy pasta that started, but then like people- Oh, like Slenderman. Yes. And then people started actually seeing them. And so one of the theories was that it was a thought form. It was like enough people were so terrified of this thing that that it like grew out of their fear and became yeah. real. Exactly. And then the other thing that Allie was talking about with like staring at goats. Is oh, Men Who Stare at Goats was the movie. It's a movie with George Clooney. Okay, interesting. I'll, maybe I'll have to watch it. Unless it's scary, then I won't watch it because I don't like scary things. You know what's so funny? <laughs> I, I actually haven't seen it, haven't it, seen it but, but it we, is. but because we interviewed the one of the scientists that was involved in Project Stargate, um, I think it was called Project Stargate. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, dang, I need to like add that to my list because it was one of the things he had mentioned in the interview. So I need to do that. I need to watch it. Maybe oh, we can okay. all do a watch party. Would be fun. <laughs> but like with psychic abilities, some people are like, well, if you're a psychic, then tell me the winning lottery numbers. And it's like, OK, well, when you are using mediumship to communicate information to people, talking to souls and spirits or even just psychic things, which is like past, present, future, such as like remote viewing someone in the room next to you, stuff that's happening presently. You can't necessarily pick and choose the information that you're able to see because you don't necessarily control it. So I would understand how the government's like, this isn't accurate because as a psychic remedium, you can't control the information you get. If it's supposed to be helpful or pertinent, then it's something you're going to be able to see. But if it's not, 
spirit's going to be like, screw you, I'm not showing you that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense then. Otherwise, yeah. Em and I would be millionaires and like have doctoral degrees because yeah. I know all the answers <laughs> on the test. <laughs> I wish it worked that way. Right? But anyways, so now that you know that your six psychic abilities are synonymous to your five physical senses, you may be wondering, well, then what are my psychic abilities? So you can either book a reading with Em and she'll tell you what your, your psychic oh. abilities are. Or if you're listening along with us, you can try and quiz yourself. So ask yourself questions like, how do I use my five physical senses to perceive the world around me? Which of those five physical senses do I use the most? And if that's kind of hard for you to conceptualize, put yourself in a scenario. For example, if you were to walk into your kitchen or a room full of people at a party, what are the first things that you're going to notice about the room around you? And what senses are you using to make those observations? Thank you. <laughs> Let's see. I feel like the first thing I would notice would be the music because that always sets the vibe, right? <laughs> like if you walk into a space Surprise. and there's, you know, like Chumbawamba tub thumping is going to have a different vibe than like Drake, you know? Mm-hmm. And and then maybe I would notice the lighting because I would be like if it's dark versus if it's light or there's candlelit or there's like a strobe or there's colors, that would be different vibes, I would notice the people for sure. I would walk in and I would see like, are people grouped up in different cliques? Do I know anybody that's here? If I don't, does there look like there's a clique that would be receptive to an outsider making conversation with them? I think that would be the first thing I would I would look at. Okay. So that sounds like Nat is very strong with clairaudience first and then clairvoyance. So hearing and then seeing things. Mm. And then, Allie, it sounds like you're very clairvoyant and then clairsentient because you're also trying to figure out, based on how people look, how they yeah, feel. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And I'm already said you guys have clairaudience, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do podcasts together, so you're very good at speaking. So that usually translates to clairaudience. I feel like Allie is more clairsentient, which clairsentience is feeling emotions and also feeling mm -hmm. physical sensations. I feel like Nat, clairsentience for you is less emotionally fueled and more you feel it like observationally outside of you instead of like inside your body. That's interesting. So you can observe emotions instead of like being overwhelmed. If that That's interesting. Sense. I mean, I do. I feel like Alyssa and I emotionally process things completely opposite. Yeah. So, yeah, like I, exactly. I, I, I don't know. Like I in the time that I've known Alyssa, I've only seen her cry like one time, maybe. And I cry, like, a lot every day sometimes, <laughs> depending on the, the time of the month or whatever. I feel like anything can, like, move me. But then it's gone. It's out. It's away. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't, you know? So maybe that is kind of, like, what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. I am a lot more interested in, like, tactile things and music and creating art and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't love to feel sad or to feel multiple things. Like, it feels like, like I'm going off the rails. Yeah, I feel like you're very claircognizant, which is, like, psychic thought. I feel like you have, like, a very good judge of character because you just almost, like, inherently know things about people. Does that make sense? Yes. I always say that I'm lucky in the sense, that, like, I know this is going to sound, like, fucked up, but, like, I know who, like, the right people are mm -hmm. to talk to. Like, at the party, like, Ellis is talking about, oh, like, the groups, like, which one would accept me? I'm, I, like, immediately know, like, this girl is over here. Like, I'm supposed to talk to her for some reason. Or, like, that guy, I'm supposed to stay away from him. Yeah. 
you know exactly. but maybe that's just me being judgmental because i'm like she has a cool sparkly jacket on and he's got a stupid haircut you know like, <laughs> but is that part of my psychicness to be like wow she's also kind of psychic because she chose that coat knowing that that would attract me <laughs> what i like to explain to people is the difference between reading like body language and having a psychic ability is when you have like a complete stranger that you've never talked to before they can come up to you and be like slouched over and their body language is saying that they're sad. The things that you should get from that is they're sad, but the, if you start getting reasons of why they're sad, oh. why would you be getting that from their body language? Does that make sense? Oh, because I'm judgmental. So I'm just like, he looks like he would just broke up with his, his yep. partner. But I thought, okay, exactly. see here, I just thought I was fucked up. But no. I, what you're telling me <laughs> is that he really did just mm-hmm. get broken up with, just, and that's why he was slouched yeah. over. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go on living my best judgmental life now because it's psychic. And when you don't know something, but you just, you don't know how you know something, you just know it. That's the claircognizance that Em's talking about. Yeah, it's like instinct. Yeah, it's like, I, I vibes vibes like you can just tell when people's vibes are off i know that's like the most stereotypical thing to say but yeah that's interesting have you guys like ever this also could be because i've done too many drugs i'm aware of that but are you ever like with people and feel like some people like don't this is gonna let me see like some people like just don't glow like they like don't have like anything inside of them like they're just like hollow i don't know how to explain it but like maybe they're like not present in the conversation or something but i can feel it i'm like this person's not i don't know yeah and that would make me think like i'm not going to talk to them because Mm -hmm. they're freaking me out (laughs) yeah that's that's that would be your psychic abilities depending on how you get that to me it sounds like clairsentience because you're feeling what they're energy is coming off of them but yeah that is 100 percent a psychic ability and then Allie, she says that she's a visual learner that was the last thing i was going to get into which is clairvoyance i feel like you both have clairvoyance which is psychic seeing so when you see things or are very visual that helps you understand information or get information it triggers things so again if you have a complete stranger standing in front of you what their look like or what their wearing or whatever it is about them helps validate information about why they're doing that so again being slunched over seeing that triggers the oh they're sad because of this clairvoyance it's a very interesting it's really interesting what you guys are saying it's like a a different way of looking at the world and i i like it yeah oh i'm so glad you do i'm also going to add on to the list that Allie sent to us in the chat so we're gonna go through the six psychic senses because i see that this one has four but there's actually six yeah so the six psychic senses collectively called or referred to as the clairs because claire just means clear in french so clairvoyance is clear seeing clairsentience is feelings or emotions sometimes people like to refer to themselves as empaths if they're clairsentient next you have clairaudience which is hearing claircognizance which is knowing and then we have the last two, the sixth one, Claire Gustance, which is taste, and Claire Aliens, which is smell. Ooh. Oh, wait, wait. Claire Tell me aliens. more about I don't the think taste. I have that at all. <laughs> Are you somebody that when you 
uh, how do I explain this? Some people that are really sensitive to smells, like someone that's like, I can't have anyone wear perfume around me because it just gives me a headache. Not me. Oh, no, not me. Claire Aliens. Are you somebody that cooks and when you're cooking, you just know what ingredients to put in the food based on how they smell? No. In fact, the, the running joke in my house, which is not even a joke, it's just accurate. I cannot smell. I don't know. I don't know if... Wait, did you have COVID? Uh, Yeah, I've had COVID, but this is just like a longer term thing where... But I think it's actually because I have dogs. This is my excuse, at least. I think I just shut off my sense of smell when I feel like it. Like when I know it's not going to behoove me to smell like smells, then I just don't smell them. So it has to be something like really bad. It ha- it would have to be something super bad or super awesome in order for me to smell it. I mean, that might be psychic in the fact that you can turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot turn off like my five senses. <laughs> I can turn off the sniffer for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Some people that are really sensitive to taste or like when they eat something, they can be like, oh, this has blah, 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 like herbs and ingredients in it. You probably have Claire Gustance, which is clear mm-hmm. taste or someone who's very, very sensitive to smells. That would be Claire Aliens. And those also can be used when you're receiving psychic information. So like if I'm talking to souls, they'll make me taste certain things. Oh. It's usually good things like pie or biscuits. And I'm like clearly not eating food. And I'm like, mm, that's delicious. Wow. <laughs> that's so nice of them. Right? That's that's interesting. Em, do you want to talk about how some of the ways that people can experience clairvoyance and clair, like the clairs? Because I know we said that clairvoyance isn't just physically seeing things all the time, like in the movies, like how it, people portray it. It's also seeing things like in your mind's eye, things like that. Okay. So clairvoyance, like Liv just explained, you can physically see clairvoyance. You can see things in front of you. Like that's where people are like, I see dead people. Oh, wow. Or you can just see it within your own head, within your mind's eye. It doesn't necessarily mean that you see people. You can see messages or symbols, colors, whatever it is. That's clairvoyance. If you want to get into clairsentience, that is either feeling physical sensations within your body or it can be feeling emotions and that can be feeling other people's emotions, a location's emotions, you could feel people's personalities, things like that. Clear audience, again, it can happen outwardly. So it can be your voice speaking, just out, just literally speaking. Like spirits can manipulate what you say before you say it. Oh, I'm using that for sure next time <laughs> I say something wrong. <laughs> you can have information triggered by what other people are saying. You can have voices in your head and that voice can either be within your own voice or you can hear other people's voices so a lot of times if you're having like a conversation like you don't know the answer and you're like talking about it and then all of a sudden you get the answer that could be intuitive information even if it's coming to you in your own voice Claire cognizance which is psychic knowing is very much just there's no there's nothing that happens you just know it I like to explain it as like When you go and do an experience, like, I don't know, your 16th birthday, you put everything into this folder, what it looked like, what it smelled like, what it sounded like, everything you put into a folder. And the next time you need that information, you don't need to experience it again. You already know what it's like. So you already know what it smells like. You already know what it looked like. So you just get the knowing without all of the like visual or auditory or whatever it is information. You also have 
Claire Gustin Sinclair aliens, which again can happen physically where you're actually tasting things and it triggers memories. So like if you want to do smell, if you smell your baby blanket, it makes you think of memories from when you were younger. That is Claire Gustin's or Claire aliens. Claire aliens is a smell. Taste is the Claire Gustin's. Did I miss any? (laughs) I don't think so. And just because my next question for you guys is after we explain how we receive psychic information, if we're talking to like a soul or a spiritual being, my next question for you guys after we explain this is like, think about if you now believe you have had a psychic experience or information given to you. So, M, when you're talking to like a spirit guide, what are the clairs that they'll use to explain themselves to you? And like, how do you receive that information? So I'm very claircognizant, which is knowing, and clairaudient, which is hearing, and clairsentient, which is feeling. So what happens when I read people is I will usually feel where they're standing in the room, and I won't get any visual information. It literally just, like if you had your eyes closed and someone was standing in front of you, you can feel them standing in front of you. But I'm also clairaudient. I can hear the difference. Mm. So I can hear when they're... Like, you can hear the difference between when someone's standing in front of you versus nothing standing in front of you. It Your voice, like, picks up differently. So that's the first thing that happens. The next thing that happens is I have synesthesia, which is basically when you have a sense being triggered and a different outcome happens. So, Claire audience, I will have frequencies given to me or sounds given to me and it will translate to colors oh so like ratatouille will give me a color yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i love to use that as an example so spirit guides will give me where they are in the room and then they'll give me colors and each one of the colors are associated to different meanings and that goes into claire cognizance which is just knowing so for me what's easiest is to have signs or symbols for these big experiences or claircognizant knowings so when i have a yellow color it will immediately trigger thoughts about emotional things so they'll give me details about emotions because yellow instigates emotional intelligence but i'll also get other pieces of information of like pictures in my head signs or symbols in order to give me more and more information which is really cool because the way she receives information is similar but very different to me. <laughs> That's yeah, that I would like that one. So how do I go from I can see people to I'm getting inside knowledge from secret dead sources? You know, like how like how do I increase it? Like how can I or like differentiate your thoughts from information that's coming to you, like understanding that it's not your own. Yes, I just want to be like as powerful as possible, like in the <laughs> the meter of like how powerful I can be. How do we like max this bitch out? You know, at first is just understanding what your psychic abilities are. So going through these questions and asking yourself, like, how does my brain work? Am I a visual person? Am I an auditory person? Am I not? Are you not somebody? Because some people, some people's brains. They cannot envision things. Like if I were to say envision a flower, can you guys do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yep. Some people can't. Some people don't have an inner monologue where they're like talking to themselves all the time. So for example, like my husband doesn't have that, which is why he's really bad at reading. 
actually he can't hear words in his own head you you told me that the last episode that we did um the titanic episode we did on our podcast and it actually mm-hmm. like healed part of the relationship i have with my fiance because i always just thought he like did didn't care about anything because he like wasn't like emotional like he doesn't read he doesn't like listen to like music that makes you feel something he's not like passionate about the same things as i am and it made me sad because i'm like how can i like talk about this jane austen book with him when he like doesn't even read you know and then it like healed something because i was like oh he probably doesn't have an inner monologue so i told that to him and he was like yeah i've actually never thought of it that way but it's really hard for me to read because I don't have an inner monologue. He was like, what do you, like, yeah, we had this whole conversation and he was like, well, that's why you're crazy. Cause you just have all these things in your <laughs> thoughts all the time. He's like, I don't have any thoughts like that all the time. It's just like stillness. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, then so he thank might you. be claircognizant. Well, thank, no, thank you. That's adorable. I appreciate that. Well, he might be claircognizant, which means he has thoughts and M is claircognizant. I struggle with claircognizance. It is extremely hard for me. That is just having thoughts about something. Like if I say to you, a house, what is the first thing that pops into your mind? A little cottage with like a smokestack coming out the top. But you see it visually, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People that are claircognizant don't do that. They just know what a house is. There's no words. There's no sounds. There's no feelings, emotions. It's just you know it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a do. lot. Well, you get all of that. This is helping me understand you get all of that, but you just don't experience it. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Yeah, it's you hard get for sounds, me. Visuals and to think feelings of that. Of that. Um, <laughs> I yeah. before I forget, I wanted to say that. Um, syne- what was it? Synesthesia or whatever. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Um, I have that with numbers, and Nat and I have talked about this before on our show. I don't remember which episode, but to like to me, the number seven is always gold. The number nine is always red. The number five is always male. The number five wow. and the number three, they're like best friends, like no matter what, that's that's what it is. And I never, I just figured like everybody probably does like an association like that. And I do think probably a big part of the population does, but maybe just doesn't think about it. Yeah. But I wanted to say that I relate to, to what you were talking about with regards to that. And that's fabulous because if you're receiving psychic information from souls and spirits, they will use that to convey information to you. So, for example, my, like, specialty is talking to human souls. And, say, Great Uncle Lou comes forward because he wants to talk to you because he's related to you. First, they'll show me clairvoyantly what they look like. But it's not going to be, like, how I'm seeing you guys right now. It'll be in my mind's eye, kind of how Nat saw her cottage. And you don't see every aspect of the cottage unless you look at it or think about it. You'll see the cottage or the person that I'm talking to. They'll show me the things that are most important about them that will relate to whoever I'm talking to and validate that this is great Uncle Lou. Other things, they'll show me memories visually. So, for example, one time I was talking to somebody and I saw a man wearing a white t-shirt with nothing but boxers on in a little tiny backyard with a little green riding lawnmower and this little tiny dog that was just barking at him and he was just laughing his face off. This was one of my client's uncles, and he showed me that memory specifically because that validated to who I was talking to, who I was talking to, that it was her uncle. So those sort of memories are things that will also be given to me. But it's stuff that I don't physically hear it like I'm hearing you now. It's more like if someone were to ask you what was your 16th birthday like, you don't actually hear it, but you have that memory in your head. But I know that that memory isn't mine. 
So that's a lot of ways in how we receive information using those clairs. So given that, do you guys feel like you've had interactions before? So like your spirit guides, Allie, for example, could give you those number associations. Like say there's someone that's a ghost in the room next to you and they want to tell you that they're male because you don't actually know who they are. You can just feel them like M does with your like proprioception of where they might be in space energetically that they're a man say they show you the number five it's not that they want to show you the number five because they're five it's because oh interesting oh Oh, that's really cool (laughs) could it just be yeah we're just like too dumb to understand when we're getting messages well actually it's just because you're so used to it Mm mm-hmm Oh, wow. So like the color yellow tells M certain things about the spirit guides, but the number five, if a solar spirit shows that to you, will tell you like they're a man. Oh, that's so, in- I'm going to pay attention now. I'm going to, I'm going to go yeah. about my life. Yeah. <laughs> paying attention. But then I'm going to do, I think what Nat is talking about here is sometimes we'll listen to stories and then I'm like, am I really experiencing this or am I just imagining it? Because we just heard a story about Right. You know, X, Y, or Z, like sort of like when you watch a scary movie and then you go home late at night and you're like, you know, thinking there's a shadow person in the corner of the room at all at all times. So, yeah, for me, I think if I heard something, I would or I or if, you know, something popped into my mind, like the number five, I think I'd just be like, well, it's because I just talked about this. So I think it probably does take practice in the sense that trying to, like, calm the noise in your mind or the um logical side of your brain that's trying to explain things away and then being able to sift through those thoughts and have like something clear that you know is real I think that would probably take some practice Mm -hmm. it's just it's not necessarily practice it's more so confidence Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and I know that sounds like an asshole thing to say but it really is because I mean every day Em and I struggle with our confidence as you saw in our Titanic podcast with you guys like when you showed me the guy of the baker and they're like, he's a baker, but I shouldn't say it. I was like, no, <laughs> I don't like it. I believed you already. It's you just... had said so many things by that point. I was like, yeah, she's for real. Well, I don't believe myself, though. Oh, I see. Oh, OK. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, wow. So when it comes to you just sitting on the couch and all of a sudden you're like, OK, I was just talking about this with Nat or whoever, whatever conversation. And you're like, ah, there's just I feel like there's someone standing in the corner, but I'm just crazy. Be like. If you were a number and you had to tell me something, what number would you be? And then see if you get a number I'm and be scared. like, oh, no. <laughs> that is scary. That is scary. That's a that scary idea. That could be idea. something for you, right? That's true. Anyways, <laughs> I think you guys are going to have like, I don't know, maybe fun games or something later on. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like calling each other like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like kind of blown away that Alyssa sees um, you were what you were talking about with the numbers because I don't have that at all. In fact, like numbers are really hard for me to interpret and understand and they don't have like any emotional significance at all. It's really hard for me to remember numbers too. like it's hard for me to remember phone numbers. It's hard for me to remember like I can be staying at a hotel and it's like number like 1109 and every single time I go back to the hotel, I'm like, what number was it? And I'm going to like different doors and things like that it's easier for me to remember where the hotel room is in space of like oh yeah I turned right and then I turned left and there's light above it than it is for me to actually remember a number so I think that's like really interesting that you have that ability with numbers it is super I don't cool. know if that means anything to you but it means something to me that you have that ability because it's I don't have that that's 
like how we're like oh wow i can't believe someone who can't have an inner monologue i feel like oh i'm the person who can't have it now because i don't have that with numbers does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that would translate into your psychic abilities too so what what does that translate into so for someone like nat who is remembering um a hotel room based on space instead of numbers and then someone like me who's associating gender and color with certain numbers what what does that mean or or is it infinite possibilities the way i see it is ali you're more visual which is why you're getting more visual things in your head but i feel like nat you have more of a spatial clairsentience so you're more worried about where things are in the room it's almost like you can feel them in the room does that make sense yeah, yeah, like it's like, oh yeah, this is the right spot. I yeah, don't know so why, like, but it if, just is. Especially like if I'm driving. So like if the room was like dark or something, like you couldn't see, and there was someone standing in the room, you would be able to like place them just by like filling <gasps> up the room. That's scary. But yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. So now that I think you guys have a, a small or good handle on what your psychic abilities are, and maybe how to start figuring out how to navigate them. We're going to get into our game of Psychic Chicken for you guys to harness your newfound psychic abilities. Before we get into our intuition game to test Nat and Allie's psychic abilities, we'd like to mention that if you haven't already found their IG or podcast, (laughs) what are you waiting for? Please take a second to give them a follow at Let's Get Haunted and find their podcast because not only are they gracing our show with their haunted presence, but as Allie and Nat have both also talked about already we were goofy ghosts on their show the episode that we were on on let's get haunted was about the titanic and it aired monday september 6th so if you're interested in learning about the haunting tragedy that is the titanic go listen to their podcast at let's get haunted that's episode 156 for us excellent I'm excited to listen to it because I kind of blacked out. Well, (laughs) yeah, now it was vomiting. Um, Yeah, I was just sweaty because it was on a day where there was no AC in here. Oh, gosh. So everyone knows if you are listening to this in your regular meta psychic, you guys know that I suck at intuition games, which is hilarious because (laughs) I'm a psychic medium and so is M. M's really good at them, but I am not. I'm not. I'm scared. Come on. I'm trying to tell people that you're good. Every time we do an intuition game, you... What color am I thinking of? Pink. Red. Damn. I was about to say red. No. I didn't have the confidence that you were talking about. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I'm scared to do this now because it might just burst my bubble because here I am thinking like I am like a secret uh, mushroom nymph woman who like gets signs and symbols from the universe. (laughs) And then this these games might just prove that I'm just um, a regular, regular old Joe. I, I mean, every time I do them, I absolutely just foobar the whole thing. So that's why <laughs> instead of doing some cutesy intuition games like guessing the color of the rock that's in our hands, we're going to put you guys oh, wow. to the test. And M is going Uh-oh. to be there to help you along the way, too. So we've been getting a lot of, well, you guys, for your podcast, one of you knows all of the information. The other person's just along for yes. the ride, right? Yep. We're doing the same thing, but we call it Psychic Chicken because before I talk about the history and the hauntings oh. of the episode it's going to be up to you guys and M who's going to help you if you guys want it we do we We want M on our team (laughs) yeah aspects of what the story I'm going to be talking about okay so you're going to have to use your psychic abilities intuition and talk to the dead people surrounding the story to figure out what the story might actually be oh god 
Can I say something that already just popped into my head right now? Because now I'm like, no, you need to have confidence. You should have said red before that. Okay, fisherman coming to mind right now. Fisherman. That's all I know. Okay, that would make a lot of sense. So (laughs) I'm already scared in like a good way. (laughs) Okay, so we've been getting a lot of requests to cover haunted lighthouses. So today, in honor of Nat... We're going to go over the St. Simmons Lighthouse in Georgia. Do you know anything about this already? No, I don't at all. Um, Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, you're telling me there's a haunted lighthouse in Georgia? Yes. This is exciting. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know. Lighthouses are so cool. Just the imagery of a lighthouse is so fucking neat. It's just this house in the middle of nowhere and your safety as a ship or somebody on a ship depends on how good the lighthouse keepers are, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And then you could just be stuck there. If there's really bad storms, you can't get off the island where the lighthouse is a lot of the time. Some of them, I guess, are connected to mainland. But yeah, we did we did one episode on a haunted lighthouse. It was about the island of... Island Moor. Island Moor in Scotland, or off the coast of Scotland, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, there was just these lighthouse keepers staying inside this lighthouse. And then one night they all just disappeared. Nobody ever saw them ever again. All the clocks in the house stopped at the exact same time. The log, the lighthouse keeper log stopped at like the time that the clock stopped. And yeah, it's creepy. Lighthouses are really awesome. I'm excited to learn about this. Awesome. I'm excited too. So first up, are going to be you all. You're going to use your psychic abilities. Can you tell us anything that you might pick up on without knowing as much about this lighthouse's haunted history? And again, it's the St. Simmons Lighthouse in Georgia. See, it's hard for me to not just think of what I'm thinking is just related to what I know about lighthouses, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm having thoughts, but I, like, is it just because I know what a lighthouse is? (laughs) I'm just thinking of a fisherman's net is what has been in my head this whole I time. I was thinking of white. Okay. Interesting. So wait, then what what now I ask white why? Let me it's ask white. like when do you guys think it was built? Uh 1890? 1890? Hmm. Okay, I'm excited. This is really fun. <laughs> I'm going to put these in the in the in the chat so that we don't forget what they are. What do the surroundings of the lighthouse look like? Well, obviously, like um, a rocky shore in the notion, but is that just because I know what a lighthouse is? No. <laughs> no. I don't know how it's related, but I'm I'm thinking of fruit, like apples or or apricots or something like that. Maybe maybe somebody liked to eat the fruit. I have no idea, but I'm getting fruit. Well, I mean, it's Georgia, so like peaches, right? Oh. Could be, could be. That could be. What does the like lighthouse itself look like? Like I know you already said Nat White. That's good. Is there any like distinct features that you guys feel like someone would tell you about? It's really hard for me not to just say stuff about a lighthouse. But is it that my psychic ability? Okay, I'm having a... But that's what you can do. That's what we're here for. There's not, like, any wrong answer. Sometimes when Emma and I do this, we're like, uh, some things are right, some things are wrong. Right. But it's it's well, the fun part of it. If you're claircognizant, you assume information. So because you're assuming it, you think everyone else already knows it. Can you, can you re-say what the name of this lighthouse is? St. Simmons Lighthouse in Georgia. St. Simmons... 
I and mean, what does it look like? I think uh, it's white. Like a lighthouse. I'm not seeing uh, like the red yeah. stripey thing. I'm seeing like white and I'm seeing the roof of it is like a like the top of a castle roof, you know, where it's like pointy on the top. I'm seeing mm-hmm. like a pointy hat on top of it, basically. One of those it's like has a hat. I'm seeing blue. Blue. But that could just be the ocean. I know. It's it's hard. Like I'm seeing <laughs> I'm seeing a bunch of stuff that's like, bitch, that's just an ocean. But it's like M said. M's trying to gaslight me into being psychic. Now I don't know if I'm like psychic or not. I'm not gaslighting you. <laughs> gaslighting me into being psychic. That should be a t shirt. <laughs> Uh, um okay so i know this is also gonna blow your guys's mind but what does the house or the lighthouse itself have to say about things oh because that is a thing oh. okay let me think i like this one like that it needs uh, a coat of paint and that it's kind of cracked the lighthouse is telling me that it's lonely and it really wants people around it likes people it likes life and I'm I'm seeing like a uh, a dog. I'm seeing a red dog. It's like um, Clifford the big no, red dog. No, 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 no. Like one of those hunting dogs. Like I forget what they're called. The like Irish setters. No, like it looks like a Vishla, but it's not a Vishla. A, a, a Ridgeback. I'm seeing a a oh. red Ridgeback, and it's like running around this light this the area surrounding the lighthouse it's not the lighthouse but there's like a flat space near the lighthouse that's like a park kind of thing with grass and i'm seeing a Mm -hmm. dog that's running around there and the lighthouse likes the dog Mm, that would make a lot of sense i'm so excited about this okay (laughs) now big question do any human souls step forward to talk to you like if you have a person that pops into your head, what do they look like? What do they tell it's you? It's just Allie dressed as a sailor because we like recently did. <laughs> we recently did an episode where we should I get my beard? Yeah, go for it. Where we dressed as uh, she dresses like a sailor, like oh, so over the top with like a giant beard and a pipe and like a lantern and like the sailor cap. So it's hard for me not to just see Allie as the sailor. Yeah, I'm seeing a fisherman for sure, like an older fisherman with a fisher fishing net that's all the only thing i've been seeing this whole zoom call in my mind that's fabulous emily do you have any other things to add to all of that um did something bad happen yes um (laughs) i don't know if it was like a shipwreck or something but i see like a storm and there's some dude on the like the top part of the lighthouse thing that's like very nervous because things aren't working right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I feel like like a boat might have like crashed nearby because the lighthouse failed or something. Did someone jump off of the the lighthouse or like fall off of it? I don't. It's not to be ruled out, but it's not something that I researched. Oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna grab my fisherman's cap if you don't mind because I want to get into character. Okay. <laughs> So, um, do you have anything else that you wanted to add, Em, about like people that you're seeing? I'm gonna put some oh, photos in the chat. I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna try my best. There we go. Okay, can you guys see that? I see it. Oh yeah, I see oh, it. Oh wow! Oh, that's not what I was. Is picturing that blue? At all. Is that house connected to the lighthouse? Um, I don't know if it's directly connected. It could be, but that's like the quarters of the lighthouse. And yes, the trim is blue, but the majority of it is white. Huh. And I, I want to tell you, too, when you see things clairvoyantly as a 
medium uh, whatever psychic with your psychic abilities it doesn't always have to look exactly the same um, because whatever you're talking to or whoever you're talking to will show you the aspects that are most important about whatever mm-hmm. question it is that you're asking so getting white and blue makes a lot of sense wow <laughs> here love is it the there's totally a flat grassy space near it though wow there is i'm gonna get into that and it's gonna be even cooler when we talk about it because you're actually probably picking up on things that are specifically happening now, which is more psychic oh, That's stuff. what I saw. This picture. Yeah, because that house <laughs> that was in front of it, I was like, that's not what I was picturing at all. I was picturing a lonely white lighthouse with a little hat on top. And so when I saw that picture you just showed me, I was like, that's not what I saw, but I'm just not going to say anything. This is what I saw. Is this the lighthouse? Yes, that is the original lighthouse. That's what I saw. That's crazy. That is I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but it's also like... And I said it needed a coat of paint. It needed some maintenance. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And that there was cracks in it. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. Okay. So, now that you guys have done your psychic abilities and Nat is in... Or not Nat. Allie is in character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do any of the souls have to say anything about what Allie is wearing? What do you mean? You seem to... <laughs> they seem to be talking to you. Well, I'm I'm ignoring things. I'm just having a good time. Uh, so I want to just like feature you guys instead of me since I'm talking a lot. Um, I mean, I would say please refer to me as Augustus from now on. Um, that's that's what I'm feeling at this moment. The vibe that I'm embodying. Okay, I can do that. So <laughs> no, I'm joking. The history and the hauntings of St. Simmons Lighthouse. First off, what do lighthouses do? Because I feel like some people actually don't know what lighthouses do because we don't actually use them anymore. So I'm just going to have a little like ADHD blurb in here about it. Allie already talked about it because she's smart. But I think it's like it shows where the land is. And so it has like a big beacon on top. And even in storms or clouds, you should be able to see the light penetrating through. Mm-hmm, exactly. So like wherever they sit, there's the lights are... They serve the purpose of having three different things that they say. Like, but before radios, lighthouses were there, and different ways that the light would move or be projected would let people that were in the water on ships know to either stay away, that there's danger, beware, or that they can continue moving forward. Because sometimes there was like a, I don't know, like shallow, sandy beach areas and then rocks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they would let people know, like, don't go over here because you might die. Well, that's like interesting. Em said, like, ship is crashing. I like that. That's interesting because I didn't know that about lighthouses. I thought that it was basically just like, don't come over here all the time, or like, if you see this light, you fucked up. You need to like sail away from this light. But you're saying that they can, they can. Sometimes the same lighthouse might be like, yes, you can pass, but right now you can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. It's like a traffic light for ships. Yeah, and they would wow. use like certain like light pulses or whatever to kind of be like morse code to tell people like this area over here is shallow there's rocks over here the well i don't know the weather's really bad go somewhere else <laughs> we don't yeah. like your ship it's bad taste <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so today all u.s lighthouses are automated with the exception of the boston light and the boston harbor islands national recreation area such a mouthful because a law a law was passed in 1989 requiring that the Boston Lighthouse remain manned, so a keeper remains there today. However, of the total 15 lighthouses that were ever built along the coast of Georgia, only five remain today, three of which have functioning lights. 
The St. Simmons Island Lighthouse is one of the three. And I think the other two might be the Tibby Island Lighthouse and the Sapello, maybe. But it was hard to find. They're kind of harder to research. So this lighthouse, the St. Simmons Lighthouse, was actually built, I think, two times, <laughs> which is interesting. Oh. And now you saw the original lighthouse psychically yeah. and got information about it. So did Allie with the cracks and things, because mm-hmm. I assume when we're talking about energy with physical objects like houses, the energy is still going to be associated to them, even if they're rebuilt. What do you think, Emily? Kind of. Mm-hmm. It depends on how they're rebuilt, because like the old buildings in Salem, because they look the same, it's easier to like pick up psychic information because you can almost like replay things that happened in the same place because the what it looks like triggers memories from the past. Mm. Wow, is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I'm like I know they're talking to the lighthouse now, but they're talking to the energy of the lighthouse, and even though it was built twice would that influence it? And I don't think the answer was no. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So in October, 1804, there was a plantation owner named John Cooper who deeded four acres of his land on St. Simmons islands to the U S government for construction of the lighthouse. Three years later in 1807, the treasury department hired a man by the name of James Gould from Massachusetts to build the lighthouse. Its construction was completed in 1810 and Gould was appointed as the first lighthouse keeper by President James Madison. He remained in charge of the lighthouse with an annual salary of $400 until his retirement in 1837. The original lighthouse was supposed to be made of brick, however, to save money and I don't know whatever else. It ended up being constructed mainly out of a mixture called tabby, which is comprised of, listen to this, first ingredient, oyster shells lime sand and water the uppermost part was constructed out of brick however wait what was made from oyster shells the paint the whole thing the whole building oh wow they made like bricks out of oyster shells that's so fucking cool they're just like what am i gonna use all these shells for i'm gonna grind it up and make like cement basically interesting that's awesome so the original specs for the tower include the foundation being 75 feet tall And it was built in the shape of an octagonal pyramid, which you guys saw in the photo that I posted. It was 25 feet in diameter at its base, and it tapered to just 10 feet at the diameter at the top. The foundation was 8 feet thick of the tabby material, and adding to its height, an iron lantern 10 feet high and 8 feet wide rested on the top of the tower's base, making it a total of 85 feet tall. Now, to make the actual lighthouse work... They suspended oil lanterns from iron chains to produce light. So could you imagine being a lighthouse keeper and the top of the lighthouse is 10 feet tall or 10 feet wide, but then Mm -hmm. they put something that's eight feet wide on top of it. So that's two feet like around to move. And then they suspend hot ass oil lamps in there that you have to take care of. Ah, It sounds dangerous. There's not enough wiggle room for that. It really does. For sure. No. Yeah, you could, could spill no. hot oil all over yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're like up in the sky. So like you, who can rescue you? Yeah, you can't be afraid of heights. You can't be afraid of enclosed spaces. And you can't be afraid of hot oil, I guess. And- <laughs> you have to just like, yeah, I don't know. That's why I just picture like a super rugged, no nonsense type of person has to do that job. So who said um, someone might have fallen off of the tower? that m 
Yeah. That was Nat. I mean, some, I mean, given those specs, someone could have fallen off the tower and just, I, it's not in my history records. Oh, wow. Because you got two feet. Yeah, like it was just, it, I could see that just being something where they're like, yeah, someone fell off the tower. Who cares? Someone falls off of the lighthouse every day. Like, we're not going to write that down. Yeah, yeah. That will be exhausting to do that every day. Yeah, <laughs> old Jimmy, he's the one. So the original lighthouse, in 1857, a few years before the Civil War began, a third order from the government made a double convex Frenzel lens installation that greatly improved the lighthouse's power and range. So I'm going to show you a picture of this light because it's crazy. So they were just using like giant ass oil lamps before. They were still using oil lamps, but then they decided to install this monstrosity, basically. (laughs) And it it has a historical purpose. So I'm just going to share it with you. It's a bigger light. Oh. Oh, whoa. That looks like an alien head. Like something with like two eyes. Yeah. And a little mouth at the bottom. So it's a it's a. What we're looking at is like a glass bulb, essentially, like like a bunch of different pieces of glass that are all sort of put together in different swirls and shapes to reflect whatever is inside out like more, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to describe this thing. It, it looks like an egg made of a bunch of different shards of glass. Almost like a bug eye. It looks like an insect head. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's called a double convex Fresnel lens. But at the time, it was like the creme de la creme of being the coolest. <laughs> it looks cool. It looks like, what, what is that thing that the people do? Spacecraft? No, no. What's it called? Steampunk. It looks steampunk. It does look very steampunk. Yeah. So in 1857, a few years before the Civil War began, they installed this super cool skookum lens. That was like the coolest of the coolest. And it greatly improved the light's house power and the range of the gas lights or the oil lamps that they were using to uh, project lights. However, during the Civil War in 1862, Confederate troops stationed near the lighthouse were ordered to destroy the whole lighthouse that you guys saw in order to keep it from being seized by the Union soldiers and used against them in battle. However, the Confederates did move and save the Fresnel lens, which was used in the lighthouse up until pretty recently. Really? Isn't that interesting? That That is interesting. interesting. There's a lot of history like that in Georgia with like, I, in California, we don't have like any Civil War history stuff that I know about at least. But it's interesting how in Georgia, it's like the landscape and the history is so affected by it, even to the point of like some of the standing um, remaining sculpt, uh, remaining structures or whatever in the town that I live next to. There's not that many because I guess when General Sherman like came through, he raised to the ground a bunch of these buildings that were like symbols of the South. So all of those sort of like Southern plantation looking things all got raised to the ground. So there's really not that many plantations left in Georgia that are like historical because a lot of them got burned down so I don't know just things like that are really interesting to me like history wise we've talked about it on our podcast before Mm -hmm. that war stuff is like kind of just like fascinating because it's such like a time where like I don't know it was a different time I mean could you imagine like the U.S. government paid all that money for it to be built and then they destroy it but they're like actually this is an expensive piece we're gonna save it (laughs) yeah 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 it makes you wonder were they afraid they were gonna get in trouble from the government if if they like didn't save the one super expensive piece the state of the art thing or did they think that later 
when they won that they could put it back and then use i think they thought i don't know use it for something no i thought that they could probably use it for something else because i didn't like ask the dead people i think that's what Allie's ta- doing right now <laughs> yeah ask them <laughs> like where where do you think that they put it for safekeeping when they took it out of the lighthouse they definitely had to wrap it in a bunch of like really big scratchy blankets and then they had to take it by like wagon to some place for safekeeping. Definitely like a fort or something, some like administrative building. And then they just hoped nobody would knock it over and then bring it back later when everything calmed down. That's awesome. I w- is that right? I feel like I feel like that's very right. It's, it's the one part that I don't agree with, I think, is I think they put it in a barn. I literally was just oh. going to say they put it in a barn. Ah, no! I was like, they put it in a barn. Yeah, because like, that's weird. if they put it in an administrative building, then the Union soldiers would be able to seize it. So they probably went over to one of their cotton farm plantation people and were like, oh, interesting. Can you put this under a giant thing of hay for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I thought, too. But I feel like a lot of times, too, when stuff is getting looted during war, people just think that they can sell things later, right? Like, I know there's, like, a lot of World War II artifacts that exist, like, paintings stolen from museums and things like that, that ended up on the black market because people were thinking they could, like, sell things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure. So I wonder if they thought, they could, they were like, put this cool egg in your house. It's haunted. <laughs> it's haunted. And if it wasn't, it is now. Because <laughs> yeah. Jimmy right. fell off the tower. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, Em said that um, she felt like bad things happened here. And in my opinion, I feel like the Civil War is not a good thing. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely haunted. What do you think that they did with the Fresno lens? Do you think they put it in a barn or an administrative building? Or does one of the soldiers have anything to say about it? Well, I feel like they wouldn't put it in a, an administrative building because that would be the first place to look. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Allie. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> See, but you're you're out there cracking down on credit card crime, but you're also oh, like putting the most expensive piece like right where they'll find it. You, maybe you you should come over to my house for Easter egg hunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, after the lighthouse's destruction, a nearby cotton barn served as a navigational reference for ships entering the Brunswick Harbor. The plantation name was Retreat Plantation and was marked as King Cotton's House on the U.S. government maps. And fun fact, the old cotton plantation is now used as a golf course today. And that's what I wanted to talk about with Nat, who said that there was like a big green park next door that a dog might be running through because there's literally a giant golf course. And at one point, whether it's happening now or happened in the past, there was probably a hunting dog. That either lives there now or doesn't. And he runs there. Yeah. Right. But why is the lighthouse like him? That's what I want to know. Oh, my gosh. When I talk to houses, they will tell me that they like animals that live in them or not. (laughs) So it doesn't surprise me that he's like, I like that dog. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I don't. I'm not picking up anything. I just saw like a dog running around and he's got a lot of slobber. Mm Mm-hmm. And the lighthouse liked him because he's like, I like the people around. Which is... And I feel like the lighthouse is happy now because it's got people that come there to see it. Mm -hmm. Where before he felt more lonely because he felt like he wasn't as appreciated. Yeah. Which is so fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now 
we're on to the second building of the lighthouse because the Civil War tore down the first one, and now they're like, well, we can't just keep using this old-ass cotton barn where the Fresnel ends may or not not have been hidden. <laughs> You're right. Um, we got to, like, do this. We got to do this right now that we're a part of the Union again. So seven years after the end of the Civil War, the U.S. government ordered the construction of another lighthouse in 1872. It sits west of where the original lighthouse ruins are. So... I guess in the 70s, like 1972, some people like started digging up the ruins of the old lighthouse and they could find like the base oh, and stuff. Wow. Oh, but it doesn't sit in the exact same spot as the first one because I don't know, erosion or something. <laughs> wow. So the U.S. government employed an Irish architect by the name of Charles Kluski, who was one of Georgia's most notable architects. He designed the new lighthouse and the adjacent keeper's house. So that little house that you saw sitting in the front, the like cute colonial victorian building he also was the architect and designer of that his lighthouse plans included a 104 foot tower which is a lot bigger than the 85 foot one before with a 129 step cast iron spiral staircase and the keeper's house now what does charles kluski have to say to any of you guys before i move on with his story the architect yes he's proud I'm sure he is. He's Irish. I, I'm I'm Irish, and if I did that, I'd be like, look at look at this big old building. <laughs> look what I've done. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just getting muffins. Like there's, <laughs> he's excited about coming to work because there's like a box of muffins that someone brought or something. That's really cute. That I mean, that could have that could be. <laughs> there might have been a woman that was like near the construction site that like provided food for them. Look, it's giving me sexual energy. It's giving me like a man <laughs> that designed and built this shit. And he's like, this lighthouse is just a mirror to my manhood. And now I'm going to bring ladies here on dates. I'm going to become a womanizer and be like, look what I've done here. Look what else could be done if you come home with me. Oh, wow. No. That's a great date idea. Like you're having a picnic next to like a beautiful lighthouse. And then they're like, wow, this is such a nice day. And it's like, yeah. You know who built that lighthouse? <laughs> yeah. They look at you. They're like, how big is that? And he's like, actually. Actually. It's a lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you like my uh, this lighthouse I erected? I've got something else. <laughs> you might also find impressive. That's the vibes I'm getting from this man. That is so funny. Em, do you have, does he want to say anything to you about how he might have passed? Oh, how he died? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I mean, he lived I, in the 18-somethings. He's dead now. Mm -hmm. You guys got any insight on how he might have, you know, stopped being a mm. ladies' man? <laughs> what, does it have something to do with the lighthouse? Mm-hmm. Interesting. This is a haunted story, my guys. <laughs> <laughs> does he have brown hair? I'm sure he does. Oh, you don't know what he looks like? I thought he had white oh, hair. Yeah. He looks like Santa. Well, when he's old, <laughs> but... I usually see them younger because I define people by how their hair looks. Oh. So I um. feel like I just keep seeing Allie in her like white <laughs> beard. Wait, thing. let me raise the beard up. Maybe this will help help me channel him. What was his name? Charles McCluck? McCluckski, I think. McCluckski. I don't know. Did he get sick? Mm-hmm. Did he he died in the lighthouse or something? Why do they tie him to that? Because I feel like. I can't breathe very well. Crushed to death. 
Did he die while jacking it off and like also hanging himself? <laughs> What's that called? All I can think of, this dude fucks, okay? No. That's the only vibes I'm getting right now. Nope, that's okay. Um, So, unfortunately, Kluxky and some of the workers never got to see the lighthouse completely built because they died of malaria <gasps> in 1871. Oh, oh wow. no. They, they got sick. So she was right. Yeah. I don't know how malaria affects the lungs, but I'm sure it's not good because you cease existing. Yeah, no, it's got to be bad. I when I so I went to um where was I like Thailand or something, and someone had dengue fever, which I think is similar to malaria. I don't know. They're both from a from a mosquito, but the girl was like laying in bed and she was like barely breathing. Like, she wasn't struggling to breathe. She, her friends, she was just, like, passed out, and her friends put their fingers in front of her mouth, and they were, like, she's, like, barely breathing. And then, and then I was, like, you guys need to go to the hospital. It's, like, very serious if she has dengue fever. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. But Goodness I don't gracious. know. Maybe maybe that's why? Yeah. Oh. Alyssa has sent us an infographic of malaria. So it looks like, yeah, there's a dry cough. Respiratory. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of respiratory distress associated with something. I mean, that's serious. Mm-hmm. Malaria. I know you get like really fucked up dreams too with malaria. Like people go crazy from the dreams. Definitely doesn't sound fun. But no. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> you guys are doing really good. I'm excited about this. I hope you're having fun. We're having oh, absolutely. fun. Good. We're having fun. Since its final construction, the lighthouse has undergone several renovations. It's first in 1876 and it's last in 2010. And personally, I think the 1876 renovations are my favorite because aside from weatherproofing the roof and the walls of the lighthouse, the workers ran a, quote, speaking tube from the top of the watchtower down to the base of the house. Oh, my God. I love that. That's like when you have a tree house with your friends and you got two tin cans with a string and you're passing it down. Yes, I love that. Yeah, like the thing they have at playgrounds where there's like from one side of it, you can talk into it and then you can hear it on the other side of it. Exactly. Or just like put snacks down there. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I need a snack. (laughs) All right, so now let's get into the actual hauntings of the location that people have on the internet that they think are important. But, I mean, aside from the Civil War and, like, a a guy and, like, his friends, the workers dying of malaria, they're like, this is actually the important stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. So. Okay. Throughout the history of the lighthouse, there have always been two men and their families who have run and lived in the lighthouse, the head keeper and the keeper's assistant. The head keeper would live on the bottom floor of the home while his assistant would occupy the second floor. During the lighthouse's existence, there have been 12 total lighthouse keepers, the sixth being Frederick Osborne and his assistant, John Steffens. Before I go into the story, do you have anything that Frederick Osborne and his assistant, John Steffens, would like to talk about to you? I feel like John Steffens, he really liked to party. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. I'm just getting, like, real frat boy, like, energy from him. Like, I think only the debaucherous ghosts make themselves known to Nat and I. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we've quite learned how to tap into the sensitive ghosts Right. Yet. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, they're, he's friendly. He He's, like, he likes meeting people. He likes meeting new people. So it makes sense that he would want to be a part of this podcast right now. <laughs> em, what do you think? Um... Tell me who they are again. Frederick Osborne, who is the, the head keeper, and then 
John Steffens, who is the assistant lighthouse keeper. The assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> Good one. Do you know what they look like? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Just making sure, because <laughs> if I'm wasting my breath explaining them. Are, I don't know, I feel like those are the two people that I'm seeing in a storm. Interesting. So, I don't know. Is the storm actual, or is it representative of something? Probably the second thing. <laughs> what do they have to say about each other? You guys can also tune in if you'd like. Can you repeat their names? John Steffens and... Frederick S- Osborne. I think they're... Frederick Osborne. Frederick Osborne is older mm-hmm. than John Steffens. Correct. I feel like John Steffens, he's not, this is just a job for him, but for the other guy, he's, like, really obsessed with lighthouses and, like, thinks they're really cool, (laughs) and he has a bunch of, like, paintings of lighthouses and stuff in his house and, like, collects lighthouse stuff, and he's just, like, a lighthouse nerd. I'm so proud of both of you, all three of you. But the other guy (laughs) is just, like, trying to get that, get a check, and all he knows how to do is assistant lighthouse keep <laughs> assistant to the regional manager <laughs> yeah and he's just like god yeah. damn it <laughs> okay so the story goes that one sunday morning in march of 1880 osborne was caught speaking to stefan's wife in a quote inappropriate manner so the old guy was talking to the the younger guy's wife in an appropriate way and an argument oh, yeah. broke wow. out between the two men ending with osborne's assistant john stefan's shooting and killing him wow so ali was right about him being like sexy (laughs) sexual well just debaucherous energy all around this story that is frat boy i think is what nat and i are picking up on yeah frat boy energy debaucherous everybody is sexual everybody (laughs) (laughs) and like loves lighthouses which is a weird combo because you honestly you might when i was asking you about the the irish architect you probably were talking to frederick osborne Maybe, maybe so. I feel like for some reason, I feel like a man that is like really into lighthouses just gives off just a certain type of inner vibe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So the head keeper Osborne ended up dying from his wounds and Steffens was arrested and charged with murder. However, he was acquitted of all charges after a jury listened to the circumstances of his death. So they were like, yeah, he I would have shot him, too. Yeah, frat boy energy of Stefan's coming oh in. Like my that God. set of like, yeah, like, I'm too cool for this. This is literally just a job. He came at my lady and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to like bust a cap in your ass. When did this happen? The 1800s? 1880s. Wow. <laughs> that, that like really wasn't that long ago, all things considered. Like, yeah. And you guys did say that the place was built or things were going to happen in the 1890s or the 1870s. That's true. <laughs> Which is like crazy that you guys are like oh 1800s late 1800s i could see people in georgia like the jury siding being like yeah fuck he used a gun like the way you're supposed to like someone was trying to fuck with shit you know like they're really he deserved they're really about they're like about morality here like you don't you don't take another man's wife and you also don't try to to seek legal action if you get shot by another man for taking a step, you know? Because then you're a baby. Yeah, you're being yeah, a baby about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so according to ExploreSoutherhistory.com, it was not long after mm. that strange reports of a ghost at St. Simmons Island soon began to appear in newspapers across the country. One account published in 1908 described how the wife of a later keeper began to have problems with the mechanisms of the lighthouse while her husband was away. 
She remembered that Frederick Osborne had once promised her that if she ever needed help, all he had to do was call. So what she did is she called out to him in frustration and said, oh, oh, wow. right. So saying that she's he's a ladies man, the fact that he talked to yeah. another person's light keeper's wife that like was right. And he was like, if you have problems, just let me know. Like, I'll come help I you. I love lighthouses. <laughs> yeah. I'm super into lighthouses, super into the ladies. Give the ladies. me a call. Yeah. So this lighthouse keeper's wife, because she was by herself, yelled out, well, come fix it now. Apparently, there was a clink and a rattle. And Mrs. I think it's Champagne saw the distinct figure of the French Canadian bending <gasps> over the works. Overcome by the reaction, she fainted. And when she regained consciousness... The steady click click of the works assured her that all was well with the light. Wow. Wow. She could have fucked a ghost, it sounds like, if she wouldn't have passed out. No, for I think real. There's stories about that. We covered one recently where someone <laughs> probably fucked a ghost. But yeah, I know we did. Has- Osborne missed his opportunity. <laughs> <Donaldson> messages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. If given the opportunity, like, I understand, like, I mean, I don't know your guys' situation. We're all in relationships. Like, I'm sorry, dude. If a ghost appears to me and it's kind of hot and it's an option, it's it's going to happen. Because how many times can you say that you fucked a ghost? I mean, personally, zero. <laughs> but then we have to ask, okay, so, like, the first time is fine, right? But then, like, if you're just in a relationship with a ghost now. No, you can't. Okay. No, no. But, like, yeah. what, what counts? Is, like, three times cool? But the fourth time is like now you're kind of it's too many. I think twice. Twice, twice is, is the limit, I think. Yeah. Three times would be like it's too much chemistry. It's weird now. Did you guys yeah. ever watch like Sex <laughs> in the City, like the old like 2000 show? Yeah. Samantha's like, I'm yes. a try. Yeah. What is it? A try something? She'll try. Oh, anything. I'm try. Yes. Try sexual. I'll try Does anything. Does that fall under yeah. the trisexual yeah. category? <laughs> try anything once. <laughs> it has to be. Goodness gracious. Um, so anyways, there are some who say that Osborne's death came so suddenly that he never stopped his nightly routine of inspecting the lighthouse. His Mm. figure has been seen in and around the tower, and many also claim to have heard faint, strange footsteps going up and down the old spiral staircase at night. Ooh, creepy. As of 1953, the lighthouse has become fully automated, and the last lightkeeper, David O'Hagan, retired. So that is the story of the St. Simmons Lighthouse. Shout out David O'Hagan. That's crazy. So basically the people who built this lighthouse died from malaria. And then the people who were operating this lighthouse got into an argument and sh- one of them shot the other one and he became a ghost. Yes. That you can probably fuck if you spend enough time in <laughs> the lighthouse. Sounds like. That, that's what I'm understanding from this story. That is story. the rough translation of it correct. <laughs> Well, Allie, like, got it, like, with the sexual thing. Yeah. She was right on that. You guys did really well. I'm really excited. You know, this sort of reminds me of, um, we we did a story once, and then this was just, like, a small piece of the story, but in Antarctica, there is an observation post that was occupied by Soviet Russia, and now it's just occupied by Russia. When the USSR was there, there were two people that were playing chess 
and then they got in a fight, these two dudes, and then one of them ended up hacking the other one to death with an axe. And so in response to that, Russia was like, all right, we're not going to shut down this observation post, but we are going to ban chess. And Nat and I thought that was really funny because it's like, that's the solution to ban chess, like not provide more extracurriculars so that people aren't like so bored that they end up getting annoyed with each other. But I think that's something that this story reminds me of because it's like, you're just two people in close quarters, like you were saying, two feet around you at the top. And you're just you just have to hang out all the time and there's no other there's nothing else to do. So it's yeah, especially and then if someone's talking to your wife and you're just like with that guy all the time. I wonder if it was like happen. He was speaking inappropriately with his wife. Like, was it sexual in nature? It sounds like. Right. It wasn't just like he was being a dick like, hey, get your like get out of here. Yeah. You're ugly. And then he was like, don't talk about my wife like that. I assume that. it was sexual in nature because I feel like... That's what I'm thinking. That's the only like grounds to shoot someone else, I would assume, in that time frame. <laughs> I mean, Will, Will Smith, though, remember he like went up on stage and slapped that one guy for for calling his wife bald or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's that was a weird time <laughs> Take in that, history. Put it in a sure. lighthouse in a different time. Make another movie. We'll make right. millions. Yeah. That would have turned into... Give someone a gun. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that was wild. Thank you. That was very well told as well. I I enjoyed that. I love lighthouse stories or like isolated close quarters stories where someone goes insane. Oh, also the thing about taking chess away made me think about how M talked to Ivan the Terrible to learn how to play chess and he's from Russia. Really? And I'm just like that. Really? Yeah. I mean, like Ivan the Terrible, he loved chess and we were on yeah. a ghost investigation and we didn't have anything to do at at the airbnb before the ghost hunt and she was like i don't know how to play chess i'm like well we'll teach you how to play chess also ask a dead person to see and this big old russian dude stepped oh, forward and i was like that's awesome. who are you <laughs> he was mean oh that's my amazing. gosh that's awesome. his name is- was he really terrible <laughs> yeah, he was a dick, <laughs> <laughs> <was a> dick. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do that was like i think he was dick. like a warmonger wasn't he no but i mean what did he do to M? that was like a dick oh he calling us imbeciles and that they, he could play better if he was actually doing it because we had opinions about his choice of pieces to move yeah <laughs> and uh i think M listened to him and russell our friend didn't and M actually won and she's never played chess in her entire life wow right <laughs> wow so he's not so terrible no, he helped a girl he just likes chess. play chess. He does love yeah. chess. I looked it up. He's like, no, I'm was, I wasn't being nice. I just can't lose. It's so funny. <laughs> that would make sense that like a war mongrel. What do you mongrel? Monger. What did you call him? monger? Oh, oh yeah, that too. Um, like that would make monger. sense. <laughs> it would make sense that they like to play chess because war is like chess, right? Like you have to be thinking all these steps ahead. And, and playing, like, very defensively and offensively at the same time. I didn't even think about it that way. I was just like, there's a scary white-bearded man here who sounds like he speaks Russian and he likes things and he says he's terrible. And then I looked it up and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed now, please. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that what he looked like? Uh, Ali just sent a yeah. uh, painting. Mm-hmm. Scary. Yeah. I mean, it's also Russia, wow. so. He's got a great coat on, though. I love that coat. That looks like something from Free People. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Nat and Allie from Let's Get Haunted to be on our podcast with us. We had so much fun. Of course. Thanks for having us on. Yes. We'll have to do this again if people like it. Yes. Let us know in the comments below. If you like content like this, let us know. If you don't, please, because I will cry. But don't let me know. You know, if you're, <laughs> what is it? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't tell your mom teaches you not to say anything at all. But right. if you guys mm-hmm. could go find Let's Get Haunted and their podcast, find them, follow them, like, share, follow, whatever it is that you do with podcasts, and then come back and leave us an Apple review as well as them, I'm sure, because that really helps with having everyone find our podcast that's true become friends and if you could leave a dad joke in the apple podcast review oh we will shout you out or any silly things that we said during the podcast let us know what those are in the comments because em and i love reading them just some random ass shit that we forgot we said and a five-star review yeah. <laughs> by like <laughs> mr pickles <laughs> yeah. and if you are a haunty if you're a listener one of our listeners from let's get haunted please leave a comment on the do you guys do photo dumps or you just do promo images for episodes or on Instagram? I could try and do a photo dump with you guys because I have the photos from today. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Well, if there's a post and you are a haunty, definitely head over to the Meta Psychics Instagram and leave a comment. And yeah, leave a comment. What should we tell them to do if they're from our show, Nat? I want to know what Claire they think they have and why. Oh, that's that's a good one. Would you fuck a ghost? The answer is going to be yes for all the aunties. So, do you also have a weird association with lighthouses? I don't know. I think I think it's like an autistic thing that Em and I joke about, like loving trains. <laughs> yeah, train spotting. Train spotting is so cool. I do. You guys follow that guy on TikTok who is like I forget his name, but he's the most famous train spotter I, in all yeah. of Britain, and he just gets so excited. I, I love. I love that guy's content. He recently took all his friends on a train and like had them wear matching T-shirts that like had trains on them for his birthday. Oh, that's incredible. That's we need to start a, a lighthouse, whatever the equivalent of train spotting is for lighthouses. Let's do lighthouse spotting. You could put the little model trains around the light house and have them run up and down it oh now we're talking (laughs) sorry (laughs) combining both worlds Mm -hmm. so today's dad joke is sponsored by aaron a and because we haven't been getting a lot of podcast reviews on apple podcasts which is fine we're getting them in the comments on our meta psychics extras channel which is where you can also listen to this podcast as just an audio form and uh, aaron sent in a joke and their dad joke today is how does a farmer party very oh wait 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 how does a farmer party um Uh, hoedown something oh that's a good one a hoedown um he's always outstanding in his field he splits Um, his corn um (laughs) damn i don't know he yeah with plows he plows your mom yeah 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 yeah, he plows your mom <laughs> no. I mean, this is a dad joke. Come on, would your dad tell oh. you that? It could be a well, your mama is, joke, though. Yeah, maybe your dad loves your mama jokes. Yeah. Well, the only one I've heard, I've heard like the punchline is, it's like, how does the farmer do his job or something, or like, how good is the farmer at his job? And then the punchline is, he's always outstanding in his field. Oh. But no, I don't know about how he parties. He turns up the beats. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That is a dad joke. (laughs) That is a dad joke. Incredible. Hats off to whoever left that one.
You have to explain it. I don't get it. <laughs> it kind of doesn't make sense because you can't turn up a beat. Is it? Is it a play on the the uh, vegetable turnip and beet? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. it's like a really they turn up the beets. Yeah. It's the only pun. thing I can say when M says explain it is bears beets Battlestar Galactica, but she will not understand that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to stick for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. We are your meta sa kicks. <laughs>